0: He shot three times and his buddy said, you missed, you missed because it didn't go down. So the buddy got tired of it, jumped out. He must've had like a 300 wind mag or maybe even a 338. He pulled the trigger and it hit the decoy so hard it knocked it over and he goes, that's how you do it.
1: RockCast is powered by OnX Hunt, and for good reason. OnX Hunt is the number one hunting GPS app in the industry. Stay tuned for a RockCast promo code.
2: Alright, welcome to the RockSide Podcast, it's Ryan Avery. Uh, I told Robbie I was getting really tired of listening to mule deer stories, and winter kill mule deer, and mule deer this, and mule deer that. So I thought I would bring back the heart of RockSide, which is gear driven content and i couldn't think of a better person to open this up than mike moore mike moore has been writing for us for the last two or three years mike or has it just been the last year i can't really remember
0: yeah it's year and a half maybe two years
2: um for a long time i watched mike and we kind of talked about this right before we started and it was actually me that reached out to you about writing because every time i would go to search something up that I wanted to find out cause I always struggled with the second layer. Well, you always had either something about a piece of gear or content about how to, you know, how to layer better. So I guess before we jump into all the clothing that you have and haven't tried, can you give us a brief, you know, snapshot of your history up until Rockslide? Cause you've got a pretty, pretty cool history. Of what you did for the last, what, 20, 30 years?
0: Yeah. Um let's see I mean it even goes back a little further I uh, uh, moved to Montana in the uh, mid 70s Uh, I had a buddy that I went to college with in Wyoming that lived up in northwestern Montana and um, anyways he got me a logging job and for a couple three years kind of on and off I was trying to finish up school at Missoula at the University of Montana and that was a way to pay for it but anyway so I got a little introduction to clothing and what works and what doesn't you know saw him, you know every day outside um from there um I got to work for the forest service seasonally for a couple seasons as a wilderness ranger and the Bob Marshall and um you know got more experience on uh what works, what doesn't. And eventually uh, I finished my degree and got hired with uh, Montana Fish, Wildlife and Parks as a game warden. And got to spend a lot of time outdoors. And in between all that, I was a avid backpacker and avid hunter and fisherman. So yeah, I've got a, a little bit of time uh, monkeying around outdoors.
2: As, like As a game warden, how many days a week was that in the woods?
0: Uh, You know, when I first started, uh, you know, almost every day, either on the river in the woods and on the prairie, you know, whatever, um, eventually I got a sergeant position, and so in a supervisory role, it kind of pulled me back a little bit, but I was still out quite a bit, and then towards the end of my career, I got promoted to captain, and, um, you know, while the pay was great and the job was you know, challenging, I mean, it pulled me out of the field, uh, you know, even just a little bit more, so, um, but even then, I was still getting out, you know, at least a couple times a week, so, yeah, we get to spend a lot of time in the field, summer through winter. You always, Everybody
2: always paints you guys as the bad guy, and I have not seen that from, I've been hunting since I was eight, I'm 46 now. I have not seen that. Every time I was open and honest like you should be, they've treated me with nothing but respect. So I don't know where that bad rap comes from. I'm sure there's a guy that'll be like, oh, no, this SOB did this to me. But, I mean, I think if you're open and honest and you're not a scumbag, usually you generally don't have a problem with a game warden. Do you, I know you've been on both sides now. Do you Do you know any game wardens that you know are just bad people or always in a bad mood? I don't, I've never seen them. I never met them.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't either. Um, it's funny, I'll hear about a story and, you know, sometimes they might not even know I'm a game warden. We're just chatting or something and somebody will tell me this really outlandish story and, you know, eventually I kind of hone in and figure out who the guy is and I chat with him and he's like, yeah, that's not the way it happens. So, um, <laughs> well, what? To, go ahead. You know, I'm sure game wardens have had bad days and, and stuff, you know, where they might not have been, the, you know, the politest or most courteous, but uh, I mean, that happens with everybody, but you know, the guys I work with were professional and, uh, you know, we, we work with hunters. I mean, hunters are, you know, that's where we got our information from, you know, to work cases. I mean, you know, rarely, you know, was it dug up on our own. I mean, it was a concerned hunter or hunters that you know, got a hold of us and say, Hey, this is wrong. And, and so, you know, we, uh, you know, we took care of hunters as best we could because, you know, they are yeah. our bread and butter as far as, you know, our job and, you know, being effective. The
2: um, two times I've had to call a game warden and I, I messed, I messed up. It wasn't on purpose. I messed up. One time I messed up. One time my buddy messed up and we called them and they came out and you know, I know it's up to the discretion of the officer, I, I believe, in Idaho is what we called both of them. And they both gave us warnings, you know, and, and both of them told us, we're glad you called us. Most people, we have to do our job, and then we have to find those people. And then we're good and, good and irritated, and they usually do get tickets, but you guys both called us from the scene when it happened. We appreciate that, and I got we got let go with warnings. And uh, I don't know, I... I think doing the right thing is always the good thing, and people need to get back to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, rarely, I mean, very rarely, I mean, if somebody turned themselves in for making a mistake, you know, whether they're antelope hunting and, you know, shot a buck and the bullet went through and a doe dropped or, you know, whatever, um, you know, rarely, you know, does that ever uh, you know amount to much you know it's either a warning or a really minor citation so yeah you're always best to call if you made a mistake and everybody makes a mistake i've made them in the field everybody has so
2: well before we get into the clothing what's what's your best game warden
0: story jeez heck i don't know you know i got in on the very beginning of uh wildlife decoys nobody had used them in montana up to that point and actually we had to get a statute in place to make it a violation because you know you're not shooting an animal so the site the statute basically said that you know if anybody shoots a wildlife decoy I mean it's the same as shooting the real one so if you're shooting from the road or if you don't have permission or if it's out of season or whatever then it's basically the same offense but anyways my sergeant at the time had an old archery foam thing it had like two metal legs he uh self-tanned mule deer hide he sewed <laughs> it up it looked like hell I mean it looked like I mean it looked like, Frankenstein had sewing all over it, and the eyeballs were bad, but we stuck a rack on it, and man, oh man, we we went to town with that thing. They got a little more sophisticated as we went, you know. They had robotics eventually, and, you know, we were able to duplicate, you know, glowing eyes at night and everything else, but um, that first one, I think, just because it was new and nobody was expecting it i mean we did a we did a lot of business
2: what was the best excuse you ever heard from somebody
0: you know nobody really had nobody really had a good excuse um you know obviously when they're pulling the trigger i mean they think it's a real deer right we had one guy that had been on our radar he uh jumped out right on a county road and uh blasting away this was on a ranch that didn't allow a lot of hunting and this guy had did not have permission he shot three times and his buddy said you missed you missed because you know it didn't go down so the buddy got tired of it jumped out he must have had like a 300 wind mag or maybe even a 338 he pulled the trigger and it hit the decoy so hard it knocked it over and he goes that's how you do it (laughs) <laughs> and then we came down, and I mean, then they're all you know heads down and stuff. But it was it was pretty funny.
2: I bet you he was good and pissed. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, good times. All right. Um, you did a the three layer or the two what was it called? I can't remember now. The I'm on the page. The multi the mid layer shootout review. Yes, And then you had a few things in there where, you know, active layers are all the rage right at the moment. But I thought you had some interesting takes because you did the Outdoor Research Vigor hoodie, the First Light Origin hoodie, Sidka Ambient hoodie, and the Stone Glacier Cirque Light Jacket. And then you already had a pretty good run on the, what's the Arrowhead gear called? What's the Sidka Arrowhead called you reviewed?
0: It was the MDWI.
2: So those five jackets, two really just, I would guess, two being the active insulation?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, two use the, you know, kind of the more state-of-the-art active installation. um, Polar Tech, Alpha Direct, and then um, there's a new one from... um, primal off called evolve
2: evolve and that's a Sidka ambient right yes they use that yeah and of those five you i mean you can go watch the review but kind of if you could break down the review and i thought it was interesting that you you had a lot of love for the origin hoodie or it seemed like it in the review yeah had- it
0: surprised me because it was uh i mean to me kind of like an old school fleece um it had a really uh, tight weave on the outside, and so it actually did a pretty good job of blocking wind, you know, because fleece typically doesn't. And they also had a DWR on it, and it actually, you know, light precipitation, you know, it was shedding that fairly decently. And again, that's not something fleece is known to do. Um, and and then also on that. Um, Kind of crazy test I did where I soaked a mid layer and then jumped out in 32 degree weather and went hiking, um, and then you know kind of measuring how much moisture was taken on, how much moisture was let go. Um, it did really well on that, so uh, I I think that one um, it just surprised me just because it was kind of an old school piece, but yeah, it did it did pretty darn well.
2: And out of the Sid the ambient and the the Arrowhead one that you just said, I can never remember the name. What was your take? They're very similar in the insulation that the face is a little bit different, but which one of those two do you find yourself using the most now?
0: Uh, You know, performance wise, I could detect almost no difference between those two. Really? Um, Yeah. I looked really carefully at the, uh, at the insulation. And I mean, it's a little different color, but you know, maybe under a microscope it might look a little different. But I mean, um, you know, it for the weight it has about the same warmth, you know, it breathes about the same. Um, the reason I liked Arrowhead a little bit more, had nothing to do with the insulation, but it simply, it was a full zip versus a, a pullover. And I just find a full zip. You know, a lot easier to get on and off and, you know, at a very low weight penalty, so um I'll struggle sometimes with a pullover, you know, trying to get it on or off and stuff and uh and the and the arrowhead one was a full zip. So I mean that was really my only ding on the the ambient. But performance wise I'd say they were on par.
2: And then where do you put in like the Circ light? Where, where does that fit into your your, um, clothing system, I guess, during the year? Well, the Circlite uses
0: a, um, um, a pretty standard, um, synthetic insulation that you would might even find in a, you know, a heavier jacket, you know, like a puffy. Um, it's a primal off gold. It's just that they use a lot less of it. And, you know, then they make, uh, you know, a fabric that probably breathes better than, you know, they wouldn't a uh, puffy jacket. Um, so the circ light was the, was the warmest one, um, that I tested. Um, I think it had the, the best, uh, wind resistance. Um, but again, you know, the trade-off being is that, um, it didn't move moisture quite as well Um, it didn't breathe quite as well um but you know a lot of times when we're hunting i mean you know obviously there's times where we're grinding pretty hard you know getting up a mountain to start your hunt or something like that but a lot of times i mean we're moving pretty slow and quiet and um you know it's not like uh cross-country skiing i mean where you're you know, at a high aerobic, uh, you know, output at all the time. You know, hunting, you can, a lot of hunting, I mean, you're glassing, um, you're walking slow. So I think, you know, some of those pieces like the Cirque Light, um, you know, do really well. You know, warm for their weight and uh, good wind resistance. Um, you know, they had some side panels, you know, that they Put in there which you know helps kind of mitigate some of the you know moisture coming out and stuff like that so um yeah and then i don't know if you remembered, i also did that uh, outdoor vitals one and um yes. i think the, the Ventus, and it's like uh you know the cirque light light it uses uh primal off gold insulation as well but even less um you know it's really light and um and again, I think it had some panels to kind of help mitigate right. moisture um, movement and stuff but like that. And you know, as long as you're not, you know, running or cross-country skiing, I mean, I think those, I think those pieces did great.
2: That Ventus uses a Toray fabric, not the Primlov Gold, right?
0: Oh, that's right. It's a Toray. Yeah. Similar. Yeah, it's different. You're right.
2: And it's thin though, right? It's thin. It's light yeah, jacket. It's-
0: yeah, like the uh, Cirque, I think, is like 60 grams of uh, Primaloft, and the Ventants use like 20 grams of their Tory. I can't remember it's what they call it. Something
2: 3D. I don't remember the name of it.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I think Kuyu uses it too. They yes. use a lot of stuff. Um, I don't think in that light of a weight, but um, yeah. For the weight, that thing, you know, I mean, really was warm. I mean, it was surprising too. I mean, as for as light as it was, I mean, it was pretty warm.
1: The Rockcast is powered by OnX Hunt, the number one hunting GPS app in the industry. Join the millions of hunters who trust OnX to find more game, discover new access and hunt smarter. Some of the key features of Onex are the ability to combine critical land data with on-the-ground exploration to build your perfect map and find success. All your saved markups sync automatically to all devices for use in the field or from home. Onex includes nationwide public and private land boundaries. Hunt with confidence and find new opportunities using color-coded public land maps, private parcel ownership information, and clearly marked boundaries. Mark locations crucial to your hunt with custom waypoints. Measure distances of your walk-in, shot across canyon, or distance to the nearest access point with lines. View maps in 3D and choose satellite, topo, or hybrid base maps to have the best, easy to read visual for your hunt. Go as far from the grid as you want. No cell service required. Save detailed maps, layers, and markups for offline use. With live tracking, and current location features, you'll make it out and back just like you planned. Don't risk getting turned around or lost. So if you're ready to make the jump to Onyx, use the code ROCKCAST at checkout and save yourself 20%.
2: So you put on a lot of miles every year. You have like a little thing in your signature line on Rockside. It's like you have a goal for like how many miles a year you're going to hike.
0: Yeah, and I try to match the year. I need to figure out something where as I get older, I do less. And it, go,
2: it goes down instead of up.
0: <laughs> yeah. It needs to go down instead of up. So, but yeah, so this year I'm hoping to get 20, 23 miles. And I'm right now I'm like almost dead even where I need to be. But usually with hunting season, I kind of, it kind of, uh, adds to the mileage that I would you know, normally get in a week. So barring, uh, some mishap I think I'm unscheduled to get it.
2: So generally in the last three to five years have you got it?
0: I have yeah. Nice. Yep.
2: So on that note you're hiking pretty much all year long can you kind of take us through what changes from base layer second layer you know wind layer insulation pieces from you know summer late summer you know autumn fall winter can you kind of take what changes what doesn't when you're out there hiking and hunting? Uh,
0: well, I guess we'll start with the, the warmer uh, climbs, uh, you know, late spring, summer, maybe early fall, but um, the, the one piece that almost stays constant is, uh, I use uh, one of the Sitka uh, core lightweight hoodies. Um, I've I've used that in Arizona backpacking in some pretty warm temperatures. I'll you know, uh, use it here in Montana. You know when I'm just hiking around close to town and stuff. Um, it does a pretty darn good job um, in warmer weather. Um, but I also use it in cold weather too as my base layer. Is that I'll, a
2: synthetic, Mike?
0: It, synthetic. Okay. I've got uh, I've got several um, different merino pieces that I've purchased over the years and stuff, but I seem to mm-hmm. kind of fall back to synthetic. Um, you know, it, it doesn't do as well. Uh, you know, with the odor control. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting better with different things they're adding. Um, but other than that, uh, synthetic generally uh, trumps wool. I mean, it dries faster, it breathes better. Um, you know, and those are the things you want in a base layer. You want something. You know, it it's going to get wet if you're, you know, sweating hard. But I mean, you want it to dry quickly. And and uh, wool, um, you know, it just takes longer to dry. That's all there is to it. So I kind of find myself, at, you know, once in a great while, I'll uh, I'll pull out a merino piece. But for the most part, it's synthetic. Is that have, that polygene in it? Yeah, it's got Polygene and they're, you know, they're coming up with some different stuff and it's still not on par with Merino as far as odor control, Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, even Merino, I mean, you know, if you're on a longer trip, you know, five, six, seven days, I mean, you know, even a Merino piece is gonna, you know, that odor's gonna start coming through, so I guess you get a, you know, (laughs) smell
2: it. Yeah, it's gonna funk up either way.
0: Yeah. I do use merino in my uh, lower base layers. Really? In the summer, I wear um, merino boxers. Um, I just find that uh, I get less uh, chafing and stuff with the merino. And um, the the ones I use are smart wool. Um, I think they make a couple different ones. I don't know which ones I got, but I've got like a half a dozen pairs, and, and gotcha. they work pretty most of my long johns not all of them like i've got some like really really light merino long johns they look almost like stockings they're that thin and they work pretty well um if it gets colder then i've got some kind of heavier you know almost like a um weave uh synthetic stuff you know kind of that grid looking stuff and uh, if it gets real cold I'll use those so I kind of vary
2: like a grid, a grid fleece
0: yeah it's a it's a those ones are a Patagonia they changed the name a couple times but it's kind of a midweight grid fleece and when it's colder I like those they, uh, they provide good warmth but they still they still breathe pretty good and then uh, you know if it's real warm I'm wearing shorts but if I'm wearing pants um, the sickest scent pants in the in the warmer stuff I've had really good luck with those um, they really breathe well they fit me good they got two roomy cargo pockets um I've had a lot of other ones that have been you know fairly decent you know Patagonia had mm-hmm. one that I kind of like outdoor research had one but they always had like one small cargo pocket, and I really like cargo pockets. I stuff, you know, little, you know, a light beanie, gloves. You know, I'll put a, you know, sometimes I'll put a, you know, a headlamp, my phone, you know, that I use to navigate and take pictures. So I, I really like those roomy uh, cargo pockets, two of them. And the scent pants, um, as light as they are, and as well as they breathe, they've been pretty tough. I mean. I've got one pair that's got you know, a bunch of little repaired holes in it and the, stone, and, but they're still going.
2: It's funny, you either like cargo pockets or you don't. I like cargo pockets, but I know lots of people I hunt with despise them. It's like there's no middle ground.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of like hoodies too, but there's been some uh, talk on Rockslide, you know, a couple things. Do you like hoodies? I mean, some guys are like, you know, I don't want a damn hood or you know, whatever, but I mean, you know, every top piece I own, I think, has a hood. I just find them, <laughs> you know, really, I mean, even on those light, you know, like that core thing, I mean, just the difference of putting that hood up, you know, you know, can make a difference on, you know, your comfort level and stuff, and anyways, yeah, I like hoods. You know, they, you can pull them on, you can pull them off. Uh, let's see, um... You know, typically if I'm backpacking, whether it's, you know, summer or winter, I'm gonna have a puffy and obviously that, you know, those change mm-hmm. um, with, the, uh, with the weather, you know, a lot lighter one um, for summertime and, you know, a much warmer one for, you know, starting to get into fall, late fall and winter. Um, I like synthetic on that. I've got some down puffies, i got light ones, I've got some heavier ones, but uh, the last three or four years I've been going to uh, ones that use uh, apex insulation, synthetic insulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Climber shield? They weigh a little bit more than down. They, you know, they don't compress as much as down, but they still compress pretty good, but they just do a lot better if you're in any kind of moist environment at all. Um,
2: do you, do you find Mike that those what I have seen with them is they fatigue quick so don't wash them very often. They lose a lot yeah. of insulation quickly.
0: Yeah. And you know I don't I don't wash my uh, down stuff very much either to be honest with you. Um I mean obviously I think if you do it correctly, you know down can be washed, but I mean I don't think you want to wash it a lot. Um But yeah. No, I don't. I don't wash my puffy layers much at all and in synthetic will wear, regardless, I mean, just the compression and, you know, uncompressing and stuff will uh, fatigue it. But um, Apex has a better reputation than a lot of other synthetics as far as how long it'll last. It's not going to last as long as down, but it lasts pretty long. It's a continuous fiber and, mm-hmm. you know, have to, um, you know, Sew it, you know, with a bunch of little uh, grids or anything like that. So it's, uh, I think it's easier for those guys to work with. Um, I know I haven't tried, um, uh, Kaifru has one and it's real popular. I think it's their uh, uh, Lost Park Parka. Parka. And it's the same weight one that I use for later season and I mean it's just a warm jacket um I haven't tried theirs but I mean I'm, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be pretty similar to the one I've got what brand do you have it's uh it's an outfit called Nunatuck oh yeah, yeah yeah the guy was it's a little cottage thing you know I mean he might have two people working for him he just moved shop I think he moved from I can't remember if he moved from Colorado to Utah or Utah to Colorado, but uh anyways I think he downsized a little bit and he's only making down stuff now and he makes good down stuff, but I've been bugging him about every three months I send him an email because I still get messages on rock slide, you know. Um is that nonetheless guy gonna, you know, make Apex insulation and like well, I think he wants to again, but uh not quite yet, so But what was kind of nice about his shop is literally, I mean, you could fully customize that thing. I mean, you wanted a certain sleeve length, you wanted the jacket length, um, you know, what weight of insulation you wanted in there. He would even do, you know, like a heavier insulation in the torso and then a little lighter on the arms. Um, He had half a dozen fabrics he could use. And, I mean, it was just literally fully compromised. Uh, you know, customized and he did the same with the pants. I've got a pair of his pants and he could put full zips in, half zips in, different weights, different fabrics. So hmm. it'd be uh, kind of got back into the business, but I, I don't know if he's going to.
2: What, like, do you, like, I had stuff from uh, built from Goosefeet gear and it's kind of cool because you get all your measurements and you get something that actually. It's not boxy. It's not snug. It's like just right. It's kind of like Goldilocks,
0: man. It's just right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a pair of their uh, down pants. I've got a pair for my wife too. Some time ago. Yeah, he does good work. It. I, those little cottage industry guys. I mean, are kind of neat because you know they can do things that you know the bigger office just can't do that.
2: Like what? Do you do you take? Um, do you always take like a wind layer and then a. Rain jacket or I mean, do you kind of use your rain jacket sometimes as your or your wind jacket as your rain, you know, like resistant piece or do you? What's your plan?
0: You know, the the wind pieces that I'm using usually are pretty darn light, so almost almost always include a wind layer. Um, I did that review. uh Wind River um, jacket, and I mean it weighs four ounces. You know, it packs up to about you know the size of a snooze can. Yeah. Um, and so it's like a like a no brainer. I mean that thing gets thrown in. I mean it just cuts the wind well. It doesn't weigh anything. Yeah. Uh, so um, you know, I'll. Typically bring rain gear regardless, um, but typically I bring a wind layer as well. So, what
2: rain piece are you bringing? What rain jacket do you usually bring?
0: i um, I've been using that uh, the the Dew Point because lightweight one. Yeah. Um, you know it's a three layer, you know, which is what you want for more serious rain gear. It's just a little lighter fabric, you know. It's got full long you know pit zips uh the bottoms are you know full zip both ways mm-hmm. you know you can bend out the sides and stuff and even though they're lightweight um i you probably heard me maybe talk about it but i do uh kind of an adventure race in uh, may that goes across to bob marshall um, you know typically it's in the 100 mile range you know a multi-day deal and i've when it calls for you know significant precipitation that's what i bring and uh, i mean you're fighting blow down over under and around and um, i've taken those pieces and i'm putting them to the test and i mean they hold up i'm not saying that you know they can't you know poke a hole in them because i mean if you try hard enough i'm sure you can but I've been impressed with, you know, how, you know, resilient they are, especially for the weight. And I mean, they definitely, you know, do a good job with rain.
2: Huh. So you, <clears throat> well, I wouldn't be, uh, it would be rocks I've asked you what, you're putting on that many mileage, what boots are you wearing?
0: Um, the last two or three years I've been, um, using, uh, Crispy Thor. Um, and it was a recommendation from somebody on there. I had a um, a pair of uh, Sportiva boots that I got like pretty darn cheap on, um, you know, when it was uh, Sierra Trading Post before they mm-hmm. bought out. But um, anyways, I should have bought three pairs of those because, I mean, they just fit me like a glove. And I mean, really for boots, I've mentioned that on several boot threads i mean if your boots don't fit it doesn't matter what how good of boots they are correct that's the first thing and i mean everybody's foot's so different and they use different lasts and stuff so if you find a boot that works and it fits man you know you want to you want to maybe get a backup pair i've got two pairs of those thors so um yeah, I've been real happy with them. You know, they're pretty stiff. Uh, they're, you know, relatively light for a hunting boot. Um, I've got a lot of miles on them. You know, a lot of miles with, uh, you know, loads of meat on my back with them. And uh, they've worked good for me. But, you know, they fit me really well, too. You know, if they don't fit you, then forget it. And they're not going to work.
2: Yeah, a bad pair of boots is a bad pair of boots, no matter how good or how much you paid for them. Exactly. So you're, our, you're like, Mr. Test the second layer. What second layer do you grab nine times out of ten when you walk out the door?
0: Um, you know, in the summer sometimes, uh, you know, you might not even need a mid-layer. Um, you know, you've got your base layer, and, you know, mine's got a hood on it. And, you know, just with the addition of a wind shirt, um, you know, that's going to take me uh, – you know, 80% of what I need. Um, You know, if it happens to turn cold and rainy or rain's in the thing, um, I really like, Kuyu has um, a couple of really light um, fleece mid-layers, I think they're called a Peloton um, Mm -hmm. 97, which must correspond to the weight because they have some other ones that are heavier. Um, It's a hoodie. Um, you know, it's got a half zip on it, really light, and that makes for a nice mid layer and you know warmer weather and and stuff. Um, and they got they got a pair of pants um, bottoms to have a full zip. And I got to tell you, I bought the pants because I got the top first, and I was just impressed with the top. And you know the takeoff you know, with the full zip thing, I just thought that was kind of a gimmick, and we were uh, camped on top of the Chinese wall, we did a traverse of the Chinese wall on top, in the Bob Marshall's kind of one of the iconic places, but there's no trail on top, we were just kind of made up our own thing, and anyways, it was cold as heck in the morning, and I had those on, and I was like, no, I'm going to leave them damn things on, and <laughs> So we went a couple miles, you know, the sun comes up and it warms up pretty quickly. And it's like, well, I'm going to try these little full zip, you know, take off things. And son of a gun, you know, you don't have to undo your shoes or your boots. And I mean, you just pull your pants down, pull that zipper off and, you know, bingo, they come right off. And uh, so anyways, it's not a gimmick to actually work. I know other folks uh, or different outfits make those full zip you know things so you can pull those long john bottoms off and uh that's a that's a good feature
2: yeah they are pretty slick those that peloton 97 has a like a a fleece backer almost right like it's fleecy on the inside
0: yeah it's uh yeah kind of you know what you'd expect old school but it's just so light i mean it's really really light um i'll I'll sometimes I'll, i'll bring those as well like on uh you know, dead of winter trips. I mean, that's what I sleep in. Um Oh, really? You know, Yeah. It makes great, you know, little long johns for sleeping in and stuff. You know, they're comfortable, they're warm.
2: On the pants, the zip off um long johns on the, the Peloton 97, I see people bitching about piling, you know,
0: a little piling
2: up. Do you, do you notice
0: that? Uh, you know, a little bit, I think you'll find that almost with all fleece, you know, a mm. little bit, but not enough to, You know, it hasn't affected anything for me. And, you know, I've got a lot of miles on mine, so uh, they're still going strong. You know, the zippers are really small and light. And I mean, so you got to be a little, you know, careful with those. I mean, you don't want to be tugging with all your might. I mean, I can see somebody, you know, kind of wrecking those light zippers, but that that goes for a lot of the lighter weight clothing. You know, those zippers are small, small. And they're all on the 97s.
1: Rockcast is also powered by MagView gear. Step up your digiscoping game with the most streamlined digiscoping adapter in the industry. MagView pioneered a new era of digiscoping with its universal minimalistic spotting scope and binocular adapters. The system is designed to eliminate the frustrations and inconveniences found in traditional digiscoping systems. MagView's multifunctional system consists of three interchangeable designs. The S1 spotting scope adapter, the B1 binocular adapter, and the MagView phone plate. All MagView systems create an incredibly strong, stable digiscoping platform and only require a super thin stainless steel plate adhered to the phone to secure it to the optic. No more bulky phone cases, no more optic specific adapters. MagView is the digiscoping choice for minimalist hunters looking for one adapter to fit most in class optics. Many rockslide members and staff have chosen the MagView system. You can see our in-depth review at rockslide.com and the rockslide YouTube channel. To discover more about MagView gear, visit magviewgear.com for full specification, installation videos, and tips and tricks. Start capturing your own MagView moments today.
2: So, well, like what is the like colder weather second layer you're taking most of the time?
0: Uh, you know, probably right now that uh, um, that Sitka Arrowhead, like I said, I think performance-wise, it's pretty. I mean, I couldn't notice no difference between it and the in the Primaloft um, Evolve stuff. So, but it, with that full zip and still has the hood, I mean, that's probably what I'm grabbing as a mid layer. You know, as it as it cools down. Huh. I've also got, uh, you know, and I've had it a, quite a while, but um, a um, one of their core uh, heavyweight hoodies, um, you know, grid fleas, you know, relatively, you know, heavy fleas and stuff. And if I know I'm gonna be, you know, particularly elk hunting I mean if I'm going to be in a lot of really thick stuff I'll sometimes bring it just because you know if it gets snagged or you know whatever I mean it's really no problem with fleece. where um that uh Sitko arrowhead piece or the ambient or any of those pieces that have a, you know like a exterior fabric on them I mean they're meant to breathe so they're a little you know less durable than, you know, fleece, so sometimes I'll, uh, I'll grab that, but that origin would be the same type of thing, you know, if, you know, you're hunting heavy timber or something like that, and, you know, or, you know, I guess, you know, archery hunters, I'm not an archery hunter, but, um, you know, those fleece pieces, uh, I mean, they're just quiet, you know,
2: yeah,
0: also the other stuff, they've come a long way, I mean, you know, some of the rain gear is still pretty loud, but, you know, most of those mid layers I t- tested that uh, had an exterior fabric are, are, you know, pretty quiet, Uh but not as quiet as, as fleece. I mean, fleece is wool, I guess, would be in the same thing. I mean,
2: yeah, I did a lot of not a lot. I've used a Sidka, Sidka Ambient hoodie. Probably four or five times and I've already tore pretty two pretty good holes of it here in the jungles of North Idaho Yeah, not as yeah, heavy, not as heavyweight and durable as I would like but you can't have both ways You gotta have breathable and durable in my opinion.
0: Yeah And I mean that's where you know a piece like the origin or the the heavyweight, you know It's a little older school stuff, but uh, I mean it still works um, You know it breathes well it dries pretty quickly Um Um, and you know it's more durable and you know you might get a snag or something but I mean it just keeps going so it's hard to wear wear out a fleece piece
2: it really is so you you just got back from a sheep hunt well a few weeks ago yep what well first of all congratulations on your sheep yeah and secondly what what pieces did you take how was your layering system for that
0: let's see uh you know I did a kind of a uh, little recon on you know what the weather um was going to look like and it looked like it was going to be just a little warmer maybe than normal um but still you know obviously you know a chance of being fairly you know cooling down too but it didn't look like nothing crazy uh it was the first week of August so anyways uh I Had the uh, the Ascent pants, um, the smart wool boxers that I think, darn tough socks that's all I wear. I've got, I don't know, crazy, I mean, 20 pairs of them, I think. Um, that's about all I wear for socks. Um, core light weight hoodie, like they said, I pretty much use that year round. Um, they did bring a new piece, um, and uh, there should be a review coming out on it fairly soon it's the uh sitka evo it's like a really light i guess i would call it a soft shell um it's got a you know windproof um, it's gore Windstopper, and um which i found to be very water resistant to not quite you know rain gear but you know getting really close and, but what separates it from almost all the other um, pieces that are similar, maybe like their jet stream and some of their other ones, is that this one has uh, kind of like a light grid fleece on the back, with the idea that you're going to be wearing a pack almost all the time, mm-hmm. and you know to permit a little better breathing there. And then it also has some pieces that come up under the arm, in that uh, you know lighter grid fleece too. And um, I actually was pretty impressed with that piece. I wore it every day. Um, you know, at some point, you know either you know just over the thing, over my base layer when you know we were backpacking. And, you know, if it was relatively warm, but we're glass, and then I kind of got a little chill and I grabbed that piece and threw it over. Mm. Uh, anyways, it's uh, it's a pretty interesting piece. I think I'll, it'll probably see some use this fall with me, you know, mm-hmm. hunting around here, so. I
2: I wish, when I heard the EVA, I was excited, and then, don't get me wrong, I think it's a good piece. I kind of wish they'd do something with a little, kind of heavier weight, you know, um, active insulation with the back, like the Evo has.
0: Yeah. I think that would be a good idea. Um, as far as I know, nobody's done it, but, um, yeah, I think, I think something like that would work.
2: Yeah. Cause I mean, you could, you could throw a wind layer, like the, the wind layer piece can uh, hit or miss. I'm going to have that piece probably with me either way. you know a dedicated windbreaker so if I could have that active insulation and a breathable back because I sweat like a hog I mean I just do I'm not exactly a set of car keys and I sweat either way if I was skinny or fat so something like that that breathes a little better what I think would be cool
0: yeah you know the evil piece uh, it doesn't breathe as well as you know that Newer active insulation or sleeves for that matter. I mean, it's a wind stopper for you know, with the exception of the back. I mean, you know, 80% of the rest of it, you know, it's got small pieces going up and mm-hmm. under the arms, but um, that stuff cuts wind like crazy. But it just, I mean, it doesn't breathe like crazy, it right. breathes better here, um, but. You know, just not a ton more. Yeah,
2: Let's go, John Barlow. Let's make that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, you, so you do a lot of hiking, obviously. You're doing 2,000-plus miles, miles a year. And we didn't really talk about this, but it kind of dawned on me. What What's your – like, what is your food system? Like, what do you pack? What's your general loadout for food?
0: Um, when I'm backpacking um... – got my food to where it falls in roughly about a pound and a half a day. And I think that's, you know, just looking at other guys' stuff, that's fairly close to average, I would say. Um, I'm getting about roughly 3,000 calories. Um, you know, breakfast, I do, uh, you know, kind of a granola. I think I got this off of site. Uh, I think it was a gal. Um it might have been sheep hunting and anyways uh you know she wanted a real high calorie bang and anyways so um instead of adding like dried milk she added uh dried her uh yeah it's dried coconut oil dried peanut butter um and then it had some dried egg white in it um added some nuts in addition to whatever the granola had and and you could add water and eat it cold or warm and I find it better warm um but it's got a pretty big bang for your buck you know it's got a lot of fats and carbs in it and then I'm a coffee drinker and I started copying these keto guys they were uh putting butter in their coffee and anyway so I started I found powdered butter um I'd add powdered butter and, uh, powdered coconut oil and, uh, is, gives it a little kind of a creamy, you know, taste to it. But I mean, a cup of coffee, uh, with that stuff is, you know, 200 calories just drinking a cup of coffee. So, <laughs> and then somebody on the site said, well, you know, you don't have to make it that yourself. Somebody is making it. It's called fat fuel. And, um, it comes in a little packet, so it's a lot easier. You just kind of tear the thing off, throw it in, add hot water, get it, a, you know, a good stir, and, and there you go. So, um, you know, snacks, um, you know, a variety of bars, you know, probably, you know, depending on, you know, how much effort I'm putting out, you know, two to four bars that you know, kind of spread out through the day. Uh, lunch. Doing a lot of uh, you know tortillas with peanut butter and honey and bacon, um, you know peanut butter and jelly, Fritos. I'm a big Frito guy now. You know, <laughs> it's I might eat them. I never eat them at home, but you know in the in the back country, I mean they just have a ton of calories and they taste pretty good. The salt, you know, you see, you kind of need that salt. Um, you know, I don't eat candy bars at home, but I bring those little Snicker bars, little mini ones. They always have you know, a whole bag of those and kind of eat those as a dessert with lunch and supper. Um, suppers, I've pretty much gone to peak refuel almost exclusively. I've tried a lot of other ones, and I mean, you know, high calorie, good protein, and, you know, they taste good. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're, they're expensive, but I think they're all fairly expensive anymore, so... But... Yeah, that's my uh, kind of go-to backpacking.
2: You have a a theme there. It's everything there I'd eat too, so it tastes good. It's like you're not like, damn, I got to eat that.
0: Yeah, because that just doesn't work. I mean, you know, if it doesn't taste good, I mean, you'll force it down. But, I mean, it's a lot better when stuff tastes good.
2: Have you tried any of like the pinnacle stuff out of Missoula or uh the gastronome out of Bozeman?
0: No, but I'm going to. I've got a buddy that had some gastronome and uh he uh he thought it was pretty darn good, so uh they're both fairly local here, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to give 'em both a go.
2: Yeah, I was blown like I've been doing this a long time, I was in the military for a long time and I frickin' hate as a whole freeze dried food, but those three brands i do we just talked about those are the brands that you should take a look at that pinnacle has a uh biscuits and gravy with jalapeno oh man it's freaking good good um, and, yeah and the gastronome has stuff that is just not normal stuff you find in freeze-dried food so it's definitely worth a look
0: yeah i'm i'm, I'm definitely gonna try them out my buddy uh he got some gastronome and he's, he was really impressed with it. So he said, give it a try. So I'm going to, I'll try Pinnacle too.
2: So you do, we'll wrap this up, but well, lots of backpacking and lots of hiking in general. Two things. Is there anything you do outside the norm of, you know, what people talk about on the forums or backpacking forums? And second, what's your tip for just putting in lots of miles?
0: Uh, you know, I really don't think I do anything, you know, too out of the norm, you know, when I'm backpacking. Uh, You know, I did start a thread uh, a while ago, and it sounded like other people were doing it too, but uh, um, it kind of started when I was uh, doing that Bob Marshall Open, that race I was telling you about, Um, but, you know, we would start on a Saturday at eight o'clock that's uh it's Memorial Day weekend so that's always the start it doesn't start any earlier it always starts at the same time but anyways you're putting in um you know pretty long days so I mean it's not unusual to go to midnight or even even after um you know before you call it and get four or five hours of sleep and do it again but anyways instead of getting to camp at midnight and you know, trying to cook a meal. Um, we just started eating supper around, you know, six, seven, eight, whatever, pick a pretty place. And then, uh, you know, we're not having to eat when we get there and then, you know, go right to sleep. That's not the best thing to eat a big meal and then go right to bed. Um, you know, it'd give us a, a nice little rest, you know, probably the biggest rest of the day. You know, a good calorie dump, and we still had miles to do. Um, You're not cooking around camp if you know that if you if you're in country that has grizzlies or bears or whatever. So Ah, anyway, good thinking. Yeah. So, anyways, I've been I've been continuing to do that even when I'm hunting. So, you know, because typically I'm out, you know, well past, you know, supper dinner time, and so anyways, I've been kind of eating away from camp you know sometimes just sitting there glassing and so i'll bring a meal on my stove with me and cook that up and but other than that yeah i don't think i'd do anything anything too out of the ordinary um as far as putting miles on um i'm a big proponent of doing a lot of training and uh what they call zone two, yeah, which, uh, you know, fairly light. I mean, you can still carry on a conversation. You know, it's not like, you know, walking hand in hand with your wife. I mean, you're <laughs> at a fairly good clip, but you know, your heart rate, you know, is not super high. And they've just, you know, they've done a ton of studies and they said to build your aerobic base, Um, you know, people were really over training for the most part and that this was the most effective way to build your aerobic base. You still want to do some zone three, zone four training where your heart rate's higher, you know, higher exertion stuff. Yeah. But you know, ten percent, twenty percent, you know, of your training, you know, maybe in those ranges, eighty percent in that zone two, um, and I've been doing that for I don't know, probably five or six years. And I mean, it works. You know, it, it takes time to build an aerobic base, but uh, I think that's the best way. You know, I see guys wanting to go all in. You know, just hike their butts off or run their asses off, or you know <laughs> whatever And uh, and um, and a little bit of that thrown in, I think is. I mean, I think you need that too. But you know, just a lot of steady eddy type stuff. And I mean, that's, you know, that's the vast majority of my, you know, hike and training year round, so.
2: Fair enough. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come on and we covered a lot of (laughs) ground and it was fun.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
2: Yeah, we'll have you on again at the, uh, after the season to see how it went. I mean, you've already kicked it off on a high. You might as well go do some more damage.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna try.
2: <laughs> All right, Mike. Thanks for having coming on.
0: You bet, Mike. Take care.